Welcome to Down to Earth but Heavenly Minded Podcast. Hosted by Irving Rich. Light from the Land of the Sphinx. Chapter 15, Liberty. The people of Israel departed from Ramesses in the first month, on the fifteenth day of the first month. On the morrow after the Passover, the children of Israel went out with a high hand in the sight of all the Egyptians, for the Egyptians buried all their firstborn, which the Lord had smitten among them. Upon the gods also the Lord executed judgments. Numbers chapter 33 verses 3 to 4. Thus does the divine record give the date of the departure, the point from which the departure was made, the manner of their outgoing, and the fear that lay upon the Egyptians. On the fifteenth of the month, as Israel's hosts gathered together, the moon was at full, the night was as day, every object was visible as evidently as in the sunlight, though garbed with a peculiar tenderness. Tanis stood, in the field of Zoan, Psalm chapter 78 verses 1 to 2, and, as has been observed, it bore the name of Ramesses, for Pharaoh loved to impress his name on such cities as he had restored to their earlier glory, as well as on those he built. Temple city as it was, it had been built for the glory of the king, whose huge statue, towered up above all surrounding buildings, overcapping the temples and obelisks, and could be, seen for miles across the plain. In, the field of Zoan, was the great review ground for Egypt's chariots, a champ de mars of unrivaled excellence, where, the hosts of the warriors were mustered to be exercised in the maneuvers of battle. It cannot at present be positively determined whether Israel departed from the city Ramesses, or the district which bore the same name, neither can it be said with certainty that Tanis and the Ramesses of the Bible are identical. But such a plane of assembly as the review ground of the chariots seems one highly suitable for the great muster of Jehovah's armies and one grandly adapted for their outgoing from their bonds with a high hand in the sight of all the Egyptians. On the brilliant moonlight night, the former slaves of Egypt fell into their appointed positions according to tribe and family. They were in haste. Pharaoh had urged them, take your flocks and your herds, and be gone, Exodus chapter 12 verse 32, their old masters were so eager for the departure that they were thrust out of Egypt, and could not tarry, Exodus chapter 12 verse 39. Egypt was terror-stricken, the fear of God had so fallen on its people that the very dogs reflected the spirit of their masters, and moved not a tongue against Israel. Exodus chapter 11 verse 7. Jehovah had redeemed Israel, he had made them free, we may say they were, more than conquerors through him that loved, Romans chapter 8 verse 37, them, and in the excellence of their freedom, they lifted up their heads. Crowned with the helmet of salvation. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 to 7. Moses, on this never-to-be-forgotten night, was within call of the palace. The great cry still rang through Egypt when he received Pharaoh's bidding to depart, a command carrying with it authority to governors of fortresses and canals to give the people free passage. The whole company of Israel extended itself over a large district, they had, very much cattle, Exodus chapter 12 verse 38 with them, wagons and beasts of burden. The field of Zoan, was of great extent, and adorned the district of Goshen, where Israel was largely planted, while again in Succoth there was wealthy pasturage. It seems impossible to follow the Bible narrative without allowing that Israel was extended over a considerable area of country. Moses was at the rear of the people, and on his receiving the king's word to go forward, the command, forwarded immediately, would, according to eastern methods of communication, spread like a swift flame over miles of ground. For many a mile the colossus of Pharaoh could be seen watching the hosts of Israel filing off across the plain, gathering in numbers as they went. The terrors preceding the departure had shaken loose the fetters of many captives of many nations, and these formed that mixed multitude, which accompanied the people. An incident illustrating the power accompanying Israel in their departure was the removal from on of the coffin of Joseph, an act which, in ordinary circumstances, would be regarded as an intolerable scandal. 
Israel did not take the regular high road to Canaan, Exodus chapter 13 verse 17, though that was to hand, for God would not expose them at once to war and its discouragements. That road was the usual mode of communication between the countries of Egypt and Palestine. The Keter and the Egyptians were in alliance with each other, on friendly terms. The celebrated queen of Ramesses II, Nefertari, was a royal lady of Keter. Their old wars had ceased, and between the two countries, a constant intercourse was regularly maintained, and messengers went to and fro, from the respective courts. Had Israel taken the highway to their land of promise, armed Egypt would have been behind them with garrisons on the way, and an armed Canaan would have been in front of them. But how could the miscellaneous host know which way it should go, and how should each member of it be assured of his direction? They came out from various of the towns of Goshen, and probably some may have even been camped near on. Here is the answer, the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud, to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire, to give them light. To go by day and night. Asterisk all Israel rallied to Jehovah's uplifted beacon, and with eyes fixed upon its movements each Israelite knew where next to place his foot, and each such step was a confirmation of faith. The pillar was of cloud and fire, Exodus chapter 13 verse 21, a visible and enduring sign of Jehovah's presence with Israel all the way of their wilderness journey. Ancient armies had at times braziers carried aloft before them to guide the troops in trackless countries that fire look, of Israel was the glory cloud of Jehovah. Such was the haste with which Israel left Egypt that they took with them no stores for immediate use, save the dough and kneading troughs, which were bound upon their shoulders, together with their clothes. They were thus, in a peculiar way, wholly dependent upon Jehovah's care. The haste of the departure was not necessary only to fulfill the urgency of the Egyptians, who were really God's agents in the matter, but to ensure their exit at the pre-ordered time of Jehovah's appointment. From Ramesses, first passing through the land of Goshen, they went to Succoth, then the whole host swept along the green valley between the hills. And beside the sweet water canal towards the lakes of Pithom and Pharaoh's farm, where the nomads, the wandering tribes, were permitted to pitch their tents, in order to feed themselves and to feed their cattle in the greater state of Pharaoh. The nomads asked to drive their cattle in the pastures which belonged to the estate or to the farm of Pharaoh. The Septuagint render Pi Haharoth, before the farm, the exact translation of the Egyptian word. See, the store city of Pithom and the route of the Exodus. This city was one of those they had built. It has only recently been brought to light that is, recently, in relation to our times, for in the days of the Romans, and later, it was well known. The triad referred to on page 67 was dug up from the ruins of Heroopolis where Ramesses sits between the sun gods, to one of which, Tum, the city was dedicated, Pi Tum, the dwelling of Tum. In it were chambers or granaries, into which the pharaohs gathered the provisions necessary for armies about to cross the desert. Or even for caravans, which were on the road to Syria. It was both a store city and a fortified city. Is it too much to suppose that Israel replenished their supplies from its store chambers, the very ones they had themselves built? We have to remember that after leaving Egypt, Israel, for one month depended upon their own resources, for the supply of heavenly food was not afforded them until the fifteenth day of the second month.